Thank you for downloading this edition of the Wings Museum podcast. It is April 2022 and the museum is open to visitors from 10 until 5, Tuesdays through to Sundays. There's no need to book and we all look forward to seeing you. Meanwhile, in this episode of the podcast, we catch up with Alex Collinson, a volunteer from Bentley Priory Museum in Stanmore, who we last spoke to at one of our Merlin Engine Run events last October. So I found Alex, we're at Bentley Priory, and you may or may not remember that uh, last year we spoke about a special exhibition about the Blitz and the various experiences of the people who are still around who remember that. Now, at the time, Alex was interviewing lots and lots of these people, and today, April the 1st, the exhibition has opened. How has that all gone? Yeah, I mean, really, I couldn't be happier with what it's turned out to be. I mean, I couldn't have done it, obviously, without those people that I spoke to, like you've mentioned. And uh, this morning, also here to open the exhibition, we had uh, George and his twin brother. I got to speak to George originally back in September. So it's just really nice to kind of have that come full circle, really. My name is George Summerfield. I was born on the 3rd of June, 1933, uh, in Berlin. My memory of the Blitz goes back to the time when I was seven years old. I well remember the time. The Blitz started on the 7th of September 1940 and lasted until the 11th of May 1941. Germany wanted to force Britain to surrender and decided to attack with bombing flights on a daily basis. The start of the Blitz came as a surprise to all of us and especially to my family, which was still trying to adjust to life in England. We were here for the talk this morning, a fascinating talk about how they managed to get out of Germany just in time. And obviously their experience of getting to London and feeling safe presumably was slightly different to other people who were in London and weren't feeling safe. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, it's really interesting, like, especially hearing their story that, you know, they escaped something much worse. I mean, OK, they come to England and they were still subject to, you know, the Blitz and had to spend nights in the underground. But, you know, something they express is, you know, their gratefulness for being here and, you know, obviously being of Jewish descent, things would have been a lot worse for them back in Germany. So, yeah, it's very different to, you know, say like... A, person that was already living, say, in London, that then experienced the Blitz, obviously that was the worst thing that could happen. But for George and his twin brother and his family, obviously, even though it was bad, you know, they, they still had that gratefulness. And, you know, I think they really hold that today, even though times were bad. One could hear the aircraft overhead and the battles with the British planes against the Germans especially the fights fought by our Spitfires and Hurricanes. One could hear the crash of enemy bombs and the effect on houses and shops all around. Their story, oddly, was that they were coming here as a jumping point to get to America, but they never actually got that far. The fact that they were allowed to stay, and at the moment that is a a deal that uh, we're all too well aware of with Ukraine and things, and they, they really did feel lucky, and they still do feel very lucky. I mean, were other people similarly minded? Yeah, I mean, I, I spoke to another uh, guy called Manfred. He had a similar sort of situation. He came across from Germany as well, and he, he ended up in Nottingham, 
But he, um, you know, also he was very grateful to be here. He was a bit older than uh, George and Peter, so he joined up with the Air Warden uh, Messenger service and he yeah he helped out with the war effort just like everyone else and he you know is very proud that he was able to do that and I guess not rebel but you know fight back I guess uh, what was the enemy even though it was originally their country but you know obviously at the time the way that the country was being ruled it it wasn't their country anymore so you know they settled and uh, rehomed here but like you mentioned with George you know he weren't even meant to end up here but they're very grateful that they did end up here and uh, whether their life would have been any different in America who knows but you know now they're going around and educating people on their life and what they experience so that can only be a good thing. <laughs> Absolutely it was a fascinating talk. Uh, other people that you've spoken to I mean I've seen a couple of stories about being an evacuee some good, some not so good. And just the fact it's has such a change in their worlds from an inner city often to a rural life. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think that's something I found, you know, when you sort of look in uh, at history books or just in general, you know, the evacuation was always kind of portrayed as this big sort of heroic thing. They were sending all these children out to safety. But when you actually think about it, and, you know, I spoke to these people you know, obviously it weren't all that good. And, I, you know, I don't know today how happy as parents would be to, you know, to send our kids off to random strangers' homes. So, you know, if you start thinking about it in that term, you know, obviously there's a lot of bad things and negative things happened. And families were kind of almost made to have these children. So not all of them wanted them, which then resulted in, you know, bad experiences. And that has affected these people for the last 80 years? Yeah, definitely. I mean, there, there was one woman I spoke to, actually. She was an evacuee. And the interview was just so interesting because it started off with her, you know, talking about how, you know, she hated being evacuated, how she was treated bad. But then midway, she kind of changed and then she started questioning why this happened to her, what happened to her. And it was like this whole story unraveled for herself. And, you know, she said to me that she hadn't really ever thought about it until, you know, a couple of weeks before coming to be interviewed. So it's just, I suppose, I mean, I don't know if bringing up the past is always a good thing, but I hope that, you know, this exhibition and, you know, people sharing their stories actually allows them some kind of relief from the trauma that they've experienced. And the fact that the people who are left still talking about it are the ones who were the children at the time and probably whereas now you'd think you know therapy counseling is all that kind of thing I guess people never actually asked them no well that's it you know there was another guy I spoke to who he um you know he said obviously back then there wasn't anything like counseling but at the same time he kind of described it as you know they had this typical British stiff upper lip kind of approach to it and you know, they just got on with it and nobody cared because it was sort of like, okay, well, supposedly they were in safety or, you know, their lives were safe. So, yeah, I, I suppose people didn't really think of it in a negative way, even though clearly, you know, the effects of it have been long-lasting all their lives. I mean, and that's not just the evacuees, you know, it's the, just children in general that have lived through that conflict and wartime and you can only, you know, start to imagine how that's reflecting on what's happening in the world today as well. It, it, it's physically you've survived it, 
move on has been the attitude, hasn't it? Oh, yeah, absolutely, that's it. And these people, like I said, they've kind of been left to live with it. And it's having an exhibition like this that gives them the chance to actually be heard and, I guess, you know, start to talk about their past. But equally with that, that allows their families to learn about their relatives and their ancestors. So, you know, it's really creating this sort of intergenerational conversation that I think everyone needs to have and learn about their past history. So, the exhibition then, how do people get to see it? Well, yes, yeah, so um, it's on now at uh, Bentley Priory Museum from today, the 1st of April, right up until the 3rd of September. So, um, yeah, you know, you can book, or I think now you can actually just walk in. Uh, COVID has uh, calmed down a little bit, so uh, booking isn't always required, but... Uh, yeah, I'd recommend you come and see it and especially come with families and friends because I think there's a lot to talk about. So I think that's when you're going to get the most benefit from experiencing it. You can find out more about RAF Bentley Priory, the headquarters of Fighter Command during the Battle of Britain, the memoirs of the Blitz exhibition and Bentley Priory Museum's opening times on their website, bentleypriorymuseum.org.uk. Of course, you can also discover many items and stories about the Blitz and the home front back at the Wings Museum. Whilst it would be impossible to say that you'd really know how it felt to be there, when you step inside a genuine Anderson shelter or see how claustrophobic an undertable Morrison shelter would be, your imagination can certainly fill in many of the gaps. Take a look at our website, wingsmuseum.co.uk.